Sunny 16 presents Uh, welcome to Underexposed. It's really lovely to be um, back here recording an episode uh, of Underexposed for Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since I've had a chance to do this, obviously, with various things going on in, in my life um, and the introduction of a global pandemic, etc. <laughs> Um, But it's lovely to be here today because we're actually getting a chance to talk to um, a fantastic uh, wet plate and black and white photographer, um, Jenny Sampson, um, and my co-host, the lovely, ever-lovely Claire Marie Bailey, is uh, also here with me today. Um, We've already been having a lovely chat about instant photography, about scanning and the wonders of that, (laughs) the joys. (laughs) Um, And uh, and yeah, so it's just really lovely to finally get a chance to talk to you, Jenny, and sort of see you in person. Um, I I think our like initial conversation, it was so long ago now when when I reached out, I think originally, I can't remember when exactly. but yeah, there's been so much going on, obviously, in between. And um, really, it would just be lovely to kind of like get a little bit of an introduction to the, sort of the person you are, your kind of background, if that's OK. I, I know, obviously, you um, were born and raised in San Francisco, but uh, live in California now, I believe. Um, and um, yeah, just be lovely to hear a little bit about where you're at. I think um, we spoke around the time when you were looking at putting on um, the skater exhibition, skater girls mm-hmm. exhibition, actually, mm-hmm. um, originally. Um, but we'll come on to that. Maybe if you could give us a little background first, that would be that would be really good. Thanks, Jen. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. And yeah, it 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 is really lovely to see you in person and have an actual conversation <laughs> um, after our long threads. Um, But uh, yeah, I live in Berkeley, California, which is just across the bay from San Francisco, where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents are from here, um, grandparents, and um, just uh, been in California for a long time. Um, And uh, let's see, I feel like I've been doing photography my whole life. I learned how to do it when I was quite young in in grammar school. Um, In the fifth or sixth grade, I learned how to um, develop film and print film. Um, I had been given a Kodak Instamatic from, from my parents. Um, they present or something maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that camera is now. I wish I, it's gotta be somewhere because my entire family, we are really bad at getting rid of things. Um, we hold on to stuff for a long time. So I know it's somewhere, but, um, <laughs> in fact, in fact, I have, the boxes for the Canon A1, Canon AE1, and the Canon Super 8 movie oh. camera that my dad bought wow. um, decades and decades ago. The original boxes that are like in mint condition. Wow. <laughs> we don't throw stuff away. The Super 8 camera as well, uh, Jenny. Yes, it's it's not working at the moment. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I grew up being, you know, photographed movies, film, whatever. My dad always, by that. 
Yeah. 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 My dad always was photographing us and we would have family slideshows and family movie night and stuff like that. And I, and I'm pretty certain that's kind of where, um, where it all started, mm. <laughs> how the seed was planted. Um, and I, I was referring to um, earlier uh, my dark room in San Francisco that I used that my dad had built in the early 60s. I didn't even know he had a dark room until I was either in college or just out of college um, <laughs> when he finally was like, oh, maybe this would be of interest to you. Um, <laughs> and so I, I know. Um, so I kind of took it over and um, he, he, there was still paper from the 60s because um, oh, yeah. he pretty much stopped using that dark room. Uh, well, when I was coming along, um, my parents bought a house because um, I have an older sister and brother. So we move, they moved from their two bedroom apartment to a house um, since there would then be five of us. And, and there went his dark room. It stayed in the basement <laughs> in the old building. So, um, and he owned that build owns that building. So that's where my dark room was. And there were receipts from the local photography store in there still. And which was where I would, buy my um, supplies. So it was really cool. And it's, I still use it to this day. Um, That's really well. cool. It's, it's such a, like, a, a, um, you know, capsule of your history that mm -hmm. really, isn't it? You know, and, and obviously your family's history too, you know, seeing it change and seeing the prices increase, I imagine, you know, and, and using yeah. the old, I, I don't know if you've used any of the old paper, you know, you mentioned oh, yeah. about doing lumen, uh, lumographs and things yeah. as well. So that maybe would be a really good place to use that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of the fill or some of the paper he has in there, um, um, really beautiful paper that is not fogged at all. And so I, mm -hmm. I, I haven't, well, I think actually I, I, um, a lot of those formats were quite small. They were like two by, well, no, what is it? A little bigger than a credit card size with the deckled edges, like beautiful, beautiful paper. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he bought boxes of like 500 sheets or whatever. And so I took one little package of like 50 of those pieces um, to make some lumen prints. But I kind of, I want to use it sparingly because it's still totally good. Um, and then there's other boxes of old paper that are fogged. And, and I know that that's perfect for lumen printing. And I don't care so much. I mean, I care about it because I know it's good quality. But yeah. it's not like I was holding on to it for some award-winning project that I want to bring. <laughs> That's so cool. So so this uh, kind of like dark room that he built in the basement and still owns that building means that you now are able to use that for, for your work, which is just so, I mean, what a lovely thing to be able to like mm. do, to take that over and make it your own and, you know, use that space. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, so you, um, you went to uni, didn't you, and did psychobiology, is that right, is your... Yeah, yeah, I studied yeah. psychobiology in college um, in Southern California, um, which is just, it's it's a common pre-med um, major. Um, we call them majors um, here. Okay. But um, it's just this the biological side of psychology. So you learn about neurotransmitters and the chemistry of your body and how, um, how you know, our um, psychology or, um, is related to uh, 
the actual biology of what's okay. going on. So the physical reactions that you have from from various yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Any you know anything whether it's I mean now I'm fit. I'll be I'm fifty one and a half almost. <laughs> And, and, so and a quarter, <laughs> but you know, like if if you are um, schizophrenic, what is going mm -hmm. on? What is lacking? What is in excess? Like what transmitters are not working? What receptors are not working? And all that stuff. So, um, um, so we did um, human physiology, organic chemistry, all that, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so, but all the while I was taking photography also. Ah, well, that was what I was going to ask. Like, where was the link between doing mm -hmm. that? And was there a link? Because sometimes people just go, this, you know, completely separate, you know, route in life. Mm -hmm. And you end up down this other route and you're thinking, well, I don't actually know how I linked to this point. But was there a, was there a jump or, you know, to um, get you to photography? Well, I I actually wanted to, to focus on photography and art, but I... Like I kind of, at least my perception was that I was wasn't really allowed to. Like I needed to do something more quote unquote serious that would lead me to a real job kind of a thing. Um, I kind of there was this underlying pressure um, yeah. of of choosing um, a direction that was that would lead me to a different you know different direction. So I just. I just continued to take photography, but I, I only took photography. I didn't take like art history. I did because I wasn't an art major. I didn't like go deep and learn about all that stuff. I just always took photography classes. Um, and so I just continued to shoot and print and, um, and you know, when I finished, oh, but and the reason why I went to psychobiology is kind of a silly thing, but I really loved the sciences anyway. Yeah. I loved chemistry and all that in high school. Um, I often the, at, at least at that time, an easy major to pick was psych psychology. Like that was an easy one to do. Um, and I started that, but I was like, um, a common thing too that happens is you start over um, analyzing yourself. <laughs> once you start learning about <laughs> our psyches. And so um, I um, I knew that um, this is almost embarrassing to admit, but there was this guy I had a crush on in high school forever. <laughs> and he was a year ahead of me and he was a psychobiology major where he went. And I was like, what is that? I looked it up. Um, I picked a college. I only looked at colleges that offered that. <laughs> um, because it actually looked interesting also. It wasn't just because no, he did it. I, I, I can imagine. It. Yeah. Don't worry, Jenny. We're not judging it. you for that. I think <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing though, isn't it? Like how how sometimes just these little these little seeds or these little ideas of something and it's like, huh, that sounds interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out a bit more. And then you actually find that you have a love for it or that that actually calls to you in some way. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I did find it. I mean, I, I learned of it because of a crush, but I was interested in it because I was interested in it. Um, and so um, then I changed directions from psychology to um, to psychobiology. Uh, I mean, it was it was hard. It was really tough. Um, and I definitely I mean, you know, I, I. I liked the challenge. I mean, if things were too easy, then. You know, boring. <laughs> boring yeah but um, I mean, 
it's nice, you know, kind of like with what you're saying, interesting that you're talking about the the science side of it as well, and like chemistry side as as well as the uh, the psychological side, and and actually, you know, thinking about your work and your process and things, I can see how some of that has come into play. Obviously, a lot of that has come into play with what you with what you do, right? Because there's the chemical side of it, there's the science side of it with wet plate, with the process, and then there's also the psychological side when you're approaching groups of people you know and kind of like capturing that world and how you have those social interactions how you how you speak to them how you actually develop that um that relationship with people I think you know all of what you've learned through doing that you know uh, degree or your major sorry um has it seems to have led into it seems to have led into it right you know in it's yeah, it's weird how these little paths uh, appear sometimes and you kind of go oh yeah I can kind of see now looking back why that you know helped get me to the point that I'm at now or you know yeah. in the future. Yeah. um but yeah it, interesting to reflect on that I think and and so you obviously had um an interest through from your family and like you mentioned your dad obviously those little seeds were planted very early on um in photography and uh, you were learning uh photography sort of like through formal education mm -hmm. how, um how did you make that kind of like move from just sort of like black and white uh, sort of like printing and, and shooting yeah. with analog film to wet plate did you do any formal training in it did you do a workshop or are you completely self-taught what was it that kind of really sort of like took you on that on that route right um well it was it was a little bit of a an exploration um i i was really um pretty dedicated just to black and white photography not even color um, but at a, um, once digital photography entered the scene, yeah. um, I remember just really not liking it and feeling, um, uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, um, but everybody would say like, why don't you do digital or do you do digital? You know, it was like this thing and it's like, no, I shoot film. <laughs> I process like I'm not interested, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it felt like you always had to explain why, and it just um, it was I wasn't I didn't enjoy it, and and meanwhile, you know, papers were disappearing. Um, Agfa went out first, and I had been printing on Agfa for so long, and I loved it so much, and I discovered it because of my dad's darkroom. Um, and I actually have sorry, it just it just made me think, Jenny. Sorry for the aside, but. I've actually got a pack of Agfa paper that I used for my A-level photography that I still have. I still got, I think, like six sheets left or something. And, and, and I can't bear to like, I know it's I, know. I can't bear to use it because I'm like, that's part of my history. Like that was the I paper that I had. Me too, <laughs> so, me too. Yeah. It's like, uh. um, so um, anyway, I, I did at some point, I took a class in color printing huh? just for the fun of it. I was like, mm -hmm. Jenny, you really just should see what it's like. And it was fun, but really difficult. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then I took a class in platinum palladium. Um, mm -hmm. and I learned how to make digital negatives from my scans, um, of film and, um, actually of prints. Cause I didn't scan negatives. I scanned my prints, which by the way, if you're scanning Agfa paper, um, 
it picks up every little tooth in the paper. So mm -hmm. it's like they're speckled. It's kind of <laughs> it's, it's it's ideal that you weren't expecting, you know, an extra little bit of character. I haven't actually got as far as um, scanning over those. I think I think all of that works still probably at my mum and dad's house, you know, in the middle. <laughs> I haven't seen it for 20 odd years. And well, anyway, I'm kind of going to the long story, but to shorten the story, I, um, I was, I did a lot of printing, like bigger size printing. Cause my, my dark room, I can't print bigger than 11 by 14. So when I was printing 16 by 20 or even mural prints, I would print at this um, photo center called Reiko in San Francisco, which closed a few years ago, sadly. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw a contemporary tintype there. Um, I mean, I, I knew everyone there and I was like, what is that? And they're like, it's a tintype. And I'm like, I don't really know what a tintype is. I mean, I kind of do. I had seen it at museums. I knew nothing at all. And um, this one was made by Michael Schindler, who was like the operations guy there. And he's self-taught and he made this tintype in the studio. And granted, this is in like 2007. Mm. Wow. So this is right in the middle of like digital has taken over. There's hardly any analog stuff going on then, you know, really at that point. So that must have been quite a quite uh, uh, well, a very unusual thing to see in 2007, you know? Well, not a lot of people were doing it. Um, yeah. And I should say, too, that the thing that was so great about Reiko Photo Center is that they had um, three private black and white dark rooms and one group black and white dark room. Mm. They had um, many, uh, they had a big color photo lab and mm. they had a digital lab. They had everything. Mm. And it was one of the few um photo centers in the country that was maintaining their wet labs yeah so it was we were so so lucky it was mm. just a fantastic community and there was also a gallery there and there were i mean it was it was so fun so anyway i saw a tintype and i'm like and it was made in the studio with lights and i was like what the hell is that you know and i signed up for the next workshop um mm. And that workshop was in like, I would say January or January maybe of 2008. Mm -hmm. And it was like two, three days long. And I was like, that was it. I was, uh, I, the amount of film I shot after that just tanked. <laughs> Because you suddenly realized you'd found your you'd find your calling you'd found your process right you could yeah because like I did the platinum palladium and I'm like ooh that is so mm. beautiful yeah. I could do it not in a dark room mm. um hmm maybe I'll do <laughs> that and then I took a copper plate photographer class by mm. I don't know if you're familiar with Unai San Martin but he's incredible I had met him years before and then I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking cool. I think this might be it. Like, I was I was searching for something more or different, yeah. but I was not interested in digital in any way. Mm. But I wanted to, to just branch out. So um, then I saw the tintype, and I took that workshop. So I took – that was the third workshop. And, I mean – I don't know what to say. It was certainly not the easiest of the three, but for some reason, it was the one that I needed to do. 
Um, the idea of, I mean, honestly, it is like um, how I describe it to a lot of people is a 165 year old Polaroid. Yeah. It is immediate gratification. Mm. It is instant photography. You just need um, a car full of equipment. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, your portable darkroom, your car full of cams, mm. and you know. But in fact, like you say, instant, right? So you shoot it. I mean, the whole point of wet plate is that it has to be processed and developed and fixed whilst it's still wet. You know, that's exactly. so it has to happen quickly, um, mm. which is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I had to learn how to use a view camera. I had to get a view camera. I was going to ask then, a little bit about kit because we don't really tend to talk that much about kit on, on the show, but it is really um, just because we're more interested in the process of the people really, but yeah. it is always good to kind of know what kit people, um, mm. photographers tend to gravitate towards, what they tend to use or why, why they like the particular kit that they have. Have you been through lots of different cameras or did you find something quite early on, Jenny, that you've stuck with and gone, that's for me? Um well, actually, it's kind of awesome because my aunt, who's a photographer, had a four by five camera that she wasn't using and she had bought it <laughs> at, a, at a, like a junk shop and she gave it to me. Wow. So it was a view, uh, it was a, a view camera then? Yeah. Jenny's just gone to go and grab the camera, I think, to show us. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, that's ah, beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely. It's an MPP. It's from... England. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's such and a lovely compact size as well, that isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. See, I put gaffers tape in there because my bellows have cracked. But with wet plate, it doesn't matter. A little light leak never hurt anyone. Yeah. So this is what I shot for the first maybe 12 years of making tin types. Mm. Um, is that 4x5, um, Jenny? Sorry. What, yeah, what size is that? I'll just yeah. leave it. This is four by five. Um, so basically I, I had to start, I needed a camera. I needed to start making my chemistry, which was also an attractive quality for me because bringing back to chemistry school and chemistry. And also I'm a cook, you know? Mm -hmm. So like everything is about using my hands, mixing things together and making it work. So recipes and getting to kind of like, yeah, bring, bring ingredients together. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And because I started um, developing film and printing and when I was like 10 or 11, I was very used to handling chemistry and pouring things and all that stuff. It was just part of my life from a young age. So the idea of mixing my own chemistry was actually super fun. Mm. Um, I love doing that. And it was like, oh, now I get to buy beakers and flasks and graduated cylinders. And I get to buy all this stuff in a scale. Like, I love all that stuff. And now I needed it. Legitimately. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was an actual reason <laughs> rather than just for fun. Just for like, woo, what's this going to do? Some, there's some really yeah. great photos of you mm -hmm. On your, on your website of you literally out in the field with all your kit processing your your plates oh yeah in the field with your kind of portable is this off the side bottom. of the highway claire oh like, yeah you're literally in a field oh, I think. Amazing. in the field yeah, yeah it just looks great and i get i guess you've got such nice weather out there um it must be a real joy yeah it helps yeah um that actually that photograph my mom took, um, I had built that box 
Um, well, I learned, so the box came like a year or two after mm -hmm. I was making tintypes um, because I started, um, I, I, I mean, I really began renting a camera and the studio and the lights and everything from Reiko. So you were they shooting would, wet plate inside originally? Inside with all the lights, yeah. What kind of lights do you use, um, Jenny, with, uh, with wet plate? I personally don't. <laughs> okay. It was, I don't even know how to speak about them. Um, <laughs> they were strong lights. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, um, a good strong light. lights. Get loads like, of good strong lights. lights. So there, was, yeah. there were lights in the back. There were lights like very close to the subject because these were a 60th of a second exposures. Um, and wet plate. Um, so you needed just a shit ton of light. Yeah. And no it kidding. Loud. It was loud. It was hot. So whenever I clicked the shutter, whoever was sitting on the stool like jumped. <laughs> <laughs> so this was. Um but were these lights that were already part of the studio where you were shooting then? So that they kind of had the setup there and it was like, okay, these are the lights that we use. They're big and they're strong. And if I just get my, um, my camera set up, you can basically make that exposure in the 60th of a second on wet plate. I mean, they must be so powerful to do that. Yes. But, you know, I was so very lucky because typically when you rent the studio or when you rented the studio at this place, and you rented the lights, it didn't come with someone setting it up for you. So like, sometimes Michael would set it up for me, which mm -hmm. was very kind. And then other and then I would try to remember how they were. And then I went back and did it myself. And I um, you you use do you use lights? Do you guys use lights? To be honest, I don't really tend to use light. I'm very much more like natural light. It's it's okay. one of those things on the list for like, yeah, I'm going to explore this more. I do occasionally use a bit of flash or a bit of, you know, reflection of bouncing yeah. around and that kind of thing. But, but no, not not. Um, I'm I'm not studio based. Uh, Claire, you use quite a lot of light though, don't yeah, you? Especially like neon and things. Yeah, as well. I've got more into lights, Jennifer. Um, or Jenny, sorry. If I'm at my my comfort zone is bright sunshine. You know, with the Polaroid outside, it's just perfect. The perfect kind yeah. of bridge, isn't it? But um, yeah, if if I'm doing stuff inside, I I've um go for led lights um okay. and i've been sort of experimenting with them and thinking as well about like i say lights outside and bits of neon outside but yeah yeah but that's I mean, a I... whole other world isn't it like yeah you, well, i think you've just sort of started getting into that really mm, haven't you yeah. which is really cool yeah. to see like how it's changing what you're doing your yeah. process well yeah Sorry, you can make someone look really bad if you mm. don't like them properly which mm -hmm. i did <laughs> I made my brother look like a deranged axe murderer. <laughs> Did you like him like from beneath? Was it was it a full on kind of uh, campfire horror film style? <laughs> I wish it had been like that. No, I mean I don't even know what I did, but I knew it was right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, that's how you learn, isn't it? I think you um, you point your lights until till you till you think it looks alright, and then you just have to kind of go with it and then like you say you think oh it's too dark or it's too this it's too that and and and, and learn until you get what you you like absolutely you've done a whole series haven't you is it just a mood the ones with all the portraits mm. oh yeah are these the ones that have been uh those are all um natural light oh they're all natural light oh. i only use natural light yeah for my tin types now but okay. for the very first <laughs> 
the very first um, or the beginnings, I was doing these family portrait series mm. because when I took the workshop, um, the plates, the portraits we were making reminded me of um, a family tree. We have a couple family trees with old mm. like portraits of my ancestors and and the tintypes kind of reminded me of that because, um, I mean, now I think a lot of us um, are more used to seeing tintype portraits because there are now thousands of wet plate photographers. When I did it, when I started, there were, you know, a hundred or so um, or 200, not a lot um, or certainly not a lot online, um, but there, there just weren't a lot. But anyway, I wasn't used to... Um, seeing people, um, contemporary people photographed that way because the chemistry renders colors differently. Um, they are direct positives, which means they're actually a negative. So any, if you see yourself or anyone, you know, well, in a port, in a tintype, they are flipped, they're reversed. It's okay. like they're in a mirror. So, yeah. So is, it that, like, is it that it's like when we look at ourselves in the mirror, that's yes. what, you end up seeing yes. in a wet plate, isn't it? And and yes. so it can be really quite disorientating, actually, yes. because it's not how the other person sees you. Yes. It's how you see yourself, but it's it looks very strange quite often to somebody else because that's not how you, <laughs> how you see yeah. that person. And strangely enough, like we're used to seeing ourselves in the mirror, but mm. we're not used to seeing photographs of ourselves mm. like we're in a mirror. Mm. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're like, something's different and yeah, I don't know what it is. Wonky. <laughs> it is wonky because we're not symmetrical, yeah. right? Yeah. Our eyes are different heights, different sizes. A friend of mine has a mole here, her tintype, it's on here, you know, mm. like, and she noticed that I did because mm. she was like, wait, my mole is on the wrong side of my face in every other picture I see of myself, it's on the, so yeah. it just, um, so because of that, I was like, Ooh, I want to photograph my family because, um, if there's anyone who I know how they look exactly, it's my family. And I want to see how they look as a tintype. And I want to make like this kind of family tree type thing. So, so initially before I had any equipment or anything, um, I remember my, cause at the time my sister and her family lived in London and I was like, okay, when are you here? Okay. March. Okay. I'm booking the studio and I got my parents and my stepmother and then my sister and her husband and three kids. And they were little, um, actually, I don't know why they're not on my website. Some of those, I mean, I love those so much. Um, did you shoot these in the studio in London then? No. Oh, sorry. Never. No, it was when they came here. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I actually, it's funny because for many years I was trying to see how I could um, make tintypes in London when I went to visit. Hmm. Because what I would do for many years when I came to visit my sister and her family is they would, they would basically um, get all their friends to hire me to photograph their children. So I'd go to London for like a month or a few weeks and I'd photograph, you know, I'd get all these jobs, I'd make money, I'd go home, <laughs> yeah. I'd process the film, I'd send them the negatives, they'd order stuff. It was pretty fun. 
And yeah. I was like, oh, I need to bring, bring wet plate to London. I mean, I knew wet plate was there, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if, did you ever, you were in London, Jenny, did you ever go into the V&A, um, the V&A Museum, Victoria and Albert Museum? Because they've uh -huh. got like a photography wing and um, oh, yeah. they've got some really great kind of wet plates in there, haven't they? Um, images mm -hmm. um, from right, yeah. you know, and um, yeah. It's been a while since I've been there, sadly, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I always would go to the photography departments. Yeah. You've got day. to explore, you know, whenever you're in, in a different city, especially, it's mm. like, right, okay, where's where's my centre base of, <laughs> of cameras? Where can I go and see some lovely exhibitions? That mm. kind of thing, absolutely. So yeah. did you manage to get your family tree um, shot then? Well, I so I... When I tried to, so my brother lives in Arlington, Virginia, which is right by Washington, DC. So I was like, okay, you guys, when are you coming here? And um, I, I got his family too. Um, that's when I photographed him with really bad light. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't get my extended family. So I have my whole immediate family. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, this was in 2008 and now we're in 2021. I mean, my oldest nephew is a freshman in college now, and he was however young. Then. Yeah, um, toddler probably or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, but, uh, that, isn't it? That passage of time, and it feels like so quick in some ways, and oh, yeah. you know, such a, such a whole, you know, a lifetime in other ways as well. But yeah, absolutely. so that was two thousand eight, and I think was it. Um, that you were then you'd sort of like settled on that wet plate process as being what you would love you loved but just not, maybe not in the studio outside yeah, natural light yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and I mean it was it was an interesting transition like I still don't I I think it was because I just loved the process I loved mm. everything about the process so much but I mean, I had to have loved it that much because it was opposite of everything I had done. I like to um, just be able to wander around and carry a camera in my bag and be free mm. and just shoot whatever I saw, like, quickly, like yeah. on the fly, unposed, um, non-traditional. Um, a lot of my portraiture, um, uh, film portraiture was, I kind of call, I call it abstract portraiture, but I wanted, I would cut people off, truncate bodies, mm -hmm. faces, and it was more, it had, it had more of a narrative style and not so much a traditional portrait mm -hmm. style. Okay. And then with wet plate, I mean. It's the opposite, isn't it? It's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. It's the opposite. So, um, um, I mean, fast forward, I got my camera from my aunt. I started acquiring chemistry. I started mixing my own chemistry. Mm. I needed to order plates. I needed, um, did I buy a plate cutter or did I have them cut the, have them cut my plates? Um, uh, I needed, and, and then I would set up my dark room in my basement. I mean, my basement's pitch black if the lights are off. So I would load my plates and process in the basement and I'd run upstairs and go outside and make the exposure and then run back inside and develop it. Mm -hmm. And I even did that um, at other people's places as long as they had um, a dark space where I could set up my stuff. Um, cool. And then I realized, um, uh, oh, and then I took a workshop, a second workshop that was in the field. And we went camping for like five days with a group of photographers and we made tintypes in the field. 
and I was introduced at that point to this. Um, well, we had a trailer darkroom, which was huge. Amazing. Um, and then we had a box, a little box darkroom, which I poo-pooed initially. I was mm -hmm. like, no. And <laughs> when I finally used it, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And is it the size of like a small trailer? Like, um, is it a few feet? It's three feet by mm -hmm. one foot by one foot, but you prop the lid up so okay. it's open and I cut a hole through the top with a red gel for the sunlight. So you can look through the like red gel? Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then I would, I sewed a piece of black fabric. I actually had to go double, double thick so mm -hmm. there were no light leaks. And then I would just tape that with gaffer's tape onto the box. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's what you saw me in, in the side of the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I found built, a, like an yeah. old, um, an old dentistry, um, uh -huh. um, kind of like box, effectively. Yeah. Not not as big as that, and um, not adapted for it. But the glass on the top, well, it's it's more like perspex, really. And I was like, right, if I can get a red gel, cover that, you know, it's sort of like a double sided mm. lid, if you like. And it's just pretty much space hands. So in terms of like four by five paper negs and things like that. Yeah. I was able to get the very tiny little uh, trays for yes. developing those um, yes. and just sort of like look through the top. But this, this is, it sounds like a bit bigger and you, you've got a bit more space in there to be able to obviously work with the chemistry that you need with the pop-up yeah. lid like that. I do really good. Yeah. I mean, really cool. it is sized for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I huddle under there. Um, yeah. nice. You can see my feet behind me, but people are like, what's going on? Like, and I flip myself under and I think, you know, when you're doing it, you don't think anything of it. But then I hear people laughing, you know, like, where is she? Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> underneath. But um, but it was perfect. I, I have a um, a tank for my silver, which is upright mm -hmm. and it's light proof. So after I pour the collodion on the plate and and submerge that plate in the silver tank, I can close the tank within the box mm -hmm. and then come out of the box so okay. it's lead proof and it can sensitize mm -hmm. um, but and then I have my catch tray for washing the plate off and that's the little five by seven plate and then I have um and then I have a little water dunking um vessel and to get the the initial mm -hmm. um developer off and then I fix outside of the box because once you've washed all the chemist or the developer off the plate um, it's no longer light sensitive. So you can actually take it out and show the person whose portrait it is as it develops, uh, not as it develops, sorry, as it's fixing, but as it's developing in front of your eyes, if you like, to be, to be able to see it. Yes, which yeah. is, which is, um, I think it is a really important part of the process when you're photographing other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially using a process like that, I think, as well, because it is so magical, isn't it? And it's so, it's still kind of so, you know, um, unusual for um, the majority. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you, have either of you had your tintype portrait made? No. Yes. Yeah. I, I, um, I have a wet plate uh, camera, so I occasionally shoot with it. It's been a long okay. time, probably a couple of years since I've, <clears throat> since I've shot with mine, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I, um, had a, a wet plate photographer there for our wedding so that we could oh, get nice. our wedding photo um as uh, our wedding portrait as wet yeah. plate 
yeah. yeah. So um, um, I did mine as like an Ambro type, so on glass, and then uh -huh. and then some tin types afterwards. But it, the difference between um, so like material as well makes a difference to the final image, doesn't yeah. it? Like it does look different and it feels different. I noticed mm -hmm. that when I did my workshops and started working on that, I was like, oh yeah, okay, so glass gives you this kind of feel and then obviously spread back black so that you can see that okay. image okay. Uh, and tin was just it was a slightly different I think slightly warmer uh, kind oh. of like feel um but yeah that was just my my own like short little experience with it that's really. so interesting yeah. even with the same chemistry mm. yeah it seemed really different uh, do you do you tend to shoot with glass plates as well or um, or just tin? I don't actually, I don't. I've been shooting just on the aluminum plates. Yeah. Um, I do really have cool. glass, but for mm. some reason I haven't mm. um, utilized it. And I mean, for my skater work, mm. um, I, this is, this is where I, this is what, how I came to it is, um, it was such a challenge mm. to, um, the logistics of going to skate parks and setting up and um, interacting with people. Like it was such an unknown. There was no way to know. Like it was, it was just really hard. Sometimes it was easier than other times. Um, and then when I started um, focusing just on girl skaters and I would go to events where it was really crowded, um, I needed, I needed to be able to shoot on aluminum because um uh yeah just it was just one step a little easier yeah i mean you're not um, having to grind down the sides you know and in terms of if you drop it it's not going to smash in the same way you know all of those kinds of things i can yeah, imagine and i, I have know. dropped because sometimes i am hauling my equipment <laughs> not parked right by my car necessarily mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I love it when I can unload from my car and set up and then move my car. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, I mean, I have a, um, a wagon and sometimes it is like four or five trips from my car yeah. to the spot because I've got my tent, yeah. I've got my chemistry, I've got um, all the other things that I might need. I've got my camera um, and then I've got gallons and gallons and gallons of water. Mm -hmm. So it is a lot. Um, and I have dropped plates, you know, mm. I have dropped plates because sometimes you finish up and your plates are in the rack drying and you've got to walk wherever with your plates. And I mean, I'm, I'm thinking right now of it's one of my last shoots. What was it? One of my last shoots. Yeah. I think it was, it was like a year and a half ago. And I actually got sunstroke. It was in Southern California. And um, I just started physically like taking a dive. Mm -hmm. um, like the heat caught up with me, the reflection of the sun on the concrete up, yeah. um, dealing with crowds, interacting with people. I, I happen to have situations where some parents got a little too involved. And so you're really trying to negotiate um making that plate with the crowd with a parent and a child and you know it can be really really draining mm. and then 
on top of that, that particular day was very hot. And I thought I was drinking enough water and I wasn't. But anyway, I was walking back to the car, like, and I was practically delirious and I, a plate dropped. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. And it dropped face down. So I'm like, oh my God, you know, um, Mm. And if it had been an ambrotype, it would have been gone. And I actually, it it was not ruined. Oh, that, that, thank goodness for that. Tiny, wow. It had a tiny scrape, but I, I am also of the belief that, you know, what is perfect? What is perfection? Where am I shooting? What am I up against? What are the elements that I'm dealing with? Mm. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm setting up and there's dog shit here and a used condom there and a needle over there. Like, it's so gross sometimes. It's not going to be perfect in those situations. <laughs> and then trash is blowing in my washing trays, like, whatever. Mm. <laughs> so you talked about, um, obviously, going to the skate parks and getting set up and, and the sort of like the physical kind of like aspects of, of trying to do that. And, and I think... That's something that we, we don't always necessarily talk about or think about. Um, but in terms of lugging all of the kit and the cases, honestly, like uh, I'm just reflecting on like my own practice and, and and that that side of things is actually really quite stressful. And it's a really kind of uh, it's something that you just have to you have to do to be able to get to the point where you're ready to start work and doing the job that you're actually there to do. But it's a whole other thing to like wrangle with and to to deal with. So yeah, I can um, I can reflect on that and, and I can uh, yeah <laughs> empathize yeah. with with uh, what's big what you're doing you know there and it's you have, uh, to, you have yeah. to compartmentalize all these things. Like all right, put your head down. Mm -hmm. Find, find the place you're supposed to mm. go to. Um, the directions aren't right, or mm. it's really mm. confusing where you're supposed to leave your car yeah. when you have to register with somebody. I mean, this is for the events, which yeah. can be great or challenging, you mm. know. But what you am don't I know until you're there, I guess, right? Yes. You don't know until you're there. And then you're like, okay, just um, get all your shit there and set it up. <laughs> And then um, I usually there's downtime because people don't know what the hell I'm doing there. And they just walk by and they see my big camera. I always set up my big camera first because now I'm shooting. I, I started shooting eight by 10 for the girls. Oh, really? Um, oh, wow. So that was the first time you were shooting eight by 10. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I had begun shooting a little before, but I hadn't developed um a dark room so that was taking me a long time to figure out i needed to build a new dark room that could accommodate the bigger plates and you're gonna need a bigger dark room box aren't you i need a bigger box <laughs> i need a bigger box <laughs> yeah have you got bigger plates wow yeah i was just curious actually claire um have you have you ever had a situation sort of like similar to what jenny was describing and obviously like myself because claire Claire environment. basically yeah makes like whales look like California like that's <laughs> her like gift she's incredible at this and she shoots in the sand dunes and things and I'm just thinking I wonder if you've had a similar experience with like the wrangling the public you know <laughs> um not wrangling the public but I've had like like the elements of being challenging and and also I remember um 
doing some um because i do a lot of self-portraits and i was uh, out in spain actually and it's it's like a desert climate um where i was in southern spain and the sand was burning hot it was exceptionally windy <laughs> it's like a gin and you can't tell from sometimes when you look at the images you produce you think no one would ever know how trying and difficult this was because uh -huh. a it was like exceptionally well to me it was exceptionally hot you know it's like in the 40s or something. it's like um That's hot. the yeah <laughs> the, the the wind it was like phenomenal the sand was blowing the sand was hot and um but somehow you 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 managed around it so that's 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 trying yeah yeah so the challenges <laughs> sorry claire go on and i have had those 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 instances where you set everything up and you think oh i'm good to go now and then suddenly people come from nowhere and then they're in your and then you're having to wait or that they're, they're in your in your shop yeah they can yeah. be so inconsiderate can't they yeah <laughs> yeah it's it have you had that but because you, you, you yeah. with your I don't know your weddings that would be highly stressful for me you see doing weddings yeah I mean they're not the calmest of environments shall we say definitely <laughs> oh, emotions alcohol great yeah it's all good fun um it's funny but because the, the few weddings that I have shot um I remember that was where I kind of learned to be um more of a director and also mm. bossy yeah. mm. because <laughs> when they like you said they're drinking and it's you know all this stuff and you're like wedding party only if you're not you have to find so a different level don't you a, a different volume level for for that particular moment and then it's yeah. like down to like normal that's all fine now and then we bring in the big guns <laughs> um, yeah it was I was so shocked with myself, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just yelled at them. And nobody even cared. They didn't even notice. Mm. I'm like, yeah. oh, that was <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, you know, it is interesting, though, because these are, again, like some skills that we learn as photographers that um, a lot of the time it's about that interaction between yourself and and either the person you're taking a portrait of or the wider environment that you you find yeah. yourself in and trying to figure out a way of sort of facilitating that making that that work while still getting the shots that you want to do it's it is a real skill you know and it takes time to to build that up and build that confidence i think you know um we we started obviously talking about your your skater project and things but for the listeners who don't know i i think you started originally with your first book in what was it 2017 it was published so presumably you were shooting for a few years before yeah. that to, to create yeah. that book but that was yeah. um that was shooting at skate parks, you know, of, of um, you know, all genders, you know, it was kind of like capturing the skating world, really. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you grew into then your Skater Girls um, project from that. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit, Jenny, about like maybe some of the challenges or the differences or how that kind of initially came about. What was it that drew you to skate skaters in the first place? And then also how that kind of like changed from being just general everybody to a focus on, I don't know, was it a focus on gender? Was that ever a conscious thought? You know, it would be interesting to know. Yeah. Um, thank you. Great questions. And 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 also interesting to, to think about this um, now in 2021. Um, 
when the whole skateboard landscape has changed so dramatically in the last few years. But um, so I made my first tin types of skaters in 2010, literally right after I finished my box. I, I, um, I was talking earlier about um, being tied to a dark room and I, and I knew I needed to be able to shoot in the field. And so I saw the box on that workshop and I, um, uh, my ex-boyfriend who's still a friend had just taken a wood chop class and learned how to make a box. I'm like, please, can you help me make a box? <laughs> so I made my box, I painted it. I started, you know, I, I took it on a test run and literally like a, a week or two before I had been avoiding some traffic and I passed by a skate park near my house. Mm. And I just was like, Oh, interesting. Because years before in 1995, mm. I had been um, living in Seattle and I rode my bike to work. And at that time I was just shooting medium format, whatever I found. No, like I was saying, like very gestural, postural, no traditional portraiture. I didn't like people paying attention to me. And I would ride my bike past this skate park and it was packed. It's mm -hmm. no longer there anymore, but it was a really popular skate park. And I don't know if you were, but in the 90s, skateboarding was, a, it was kind of a tough, intimidating um, group. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember riding by thinking, oh my God, that would be the perfect place. Um, they'd ignore me <laughs> and they're close together. They're interacting. Like I want to photograph there, but I have no idea how to go there. Like I was totally intimidated. I did not have the courage at all to just go up to that group and say, can I just hang out and photograph you? But like that seed got planted then. So jump ahead to 2010. I finished my box. I'm avoiding traffic. I see a skate park. I'm like, oh, okay. Two weeks later, I finished my box. Where should I go? Because I am about to leave on a two-week road trip to New Orleans with all of this equipment to make portraits along the way. And that's where you saw that picture of me on the side of the road was on that road trip. So I thought, oh, I'll go to that skate park. Um, I knew that I would, that I would be, I knew I was kind of sh like shy, intimidated, not really sure how I was going to do it. But I also knew that I needed to deal with all of my equipment and my box. Um, it was literally the first time I was packing up my car with all my chemistry and all my equipment and this new box, portable darkroom. So, um, and my housemate was like, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to, I don't know. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to just do it. And she, she was helping me. So we go there and I just walked up to someone and was like, Hey, you know, can I do this? And they said, sure. Um, and I made like six portraits that day. And mm. I knew immediately that I was onto something like there are some mm. of those are some of my favorite to this day mm -hmm. um That's probably, so cool. probably partly because of them being the first but also like some of them are like great mm. portraits and um and photographer friend of mine was like you're gonna are you gonna make more and I'm like yeah I think I have to hell yeah you know? <laughs> so um th those first ones that like first handful that you made like like you were saying 
you you maybe felt that bit more confident at that point to be able to go up to mm. go up to them and just say can I just take your portrait were there any were there any kind of like oh my god I really need to make sure this works kind of like thoughts going on whilst you're making I, those portraits yes yes <laughs> and that's all of it and I was not I I, I was absolutely hiding behind the process my fears mm -hmm. I was totally I was faking it I I what do you call it imposter syndrome yep, yeah. I was totally <laughs> faking it um I was completely nervous um I knew they were gonna work because I you know the process right you, I knew you've the been process. doing that right? yeah I had been making a lot of still lives before then mm -hmm. um and I, you know, some people, um, when they were learning the process, it took them a while to figure it out. It clicked for me. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't intimidated by the chemistry. Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid of the potassium cyanide. Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid of any of it. I loved it. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily understand it, but I was able to do it. Yeah. Um, and what was scary for me was... Um, going up to a stranger and asking to take yeah. their picture, especially when they're busy doing something. <laughs> yes. I guess you got to pick no. your moments with that. That's probably something yeah. again, over year, over the years, you've figured out, you know, when can I approach this person? Should I approach this person? You, you try and you tend to sort of tune in to like, mm -hmm. okay, is that somebody to speak to or not? Or, you know, is that going to disturb mm -hmm. them at the wrong moment? And there's a real art to that, I think. All well. of that. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because, um, so the beauty of this pro process and this project, I kind of don't like that word, but that's what it is, um, is it forces you to slow down mm. and talk with your subjects, engage with them, include them. Like you cannot make this work without their absolute participation. So um, you start meeting strangers, talking to people. Um, I just share everything with them. I talk my way through it. Um, they get to see their face come out in the fixer. Mm -hmm. And that is like you were saying, Rachel, like it's pure magic yeah. it is unbelievable so many screams and yelps and whoops and everything and then they're like oh my god i gotta tell my my homie you know this sick so like sometimes it would just like um it would snowball and mm -hmm. it like people would start asking for me because they wanted their friends to see it or whatever mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, if it was really a positive and it went, um, experience and it went well, it was easier for me to go up to somebody else, but you're right. Yeah. Like I had to choose the moment. Um, sometimes I was at a skate park for like six, eight hours and didn't get a single tintype, mm. you know, and I'm set up, you know, so mm. like, and I mean, how, how does that process work or how oh, you probably approached it in a few different ways and tried a few different things out over, over the time, but um, when you're shooting that plate and you uh, and you get that and they see their face appear and everything, do you have you already talked talk to them and, and said kind of basically I'm going to keep this plate 
or do you shoot also one for them or do you sell those as as portraits to them or are you kind of like I take these away and they're going to go into a book an exhibition I'm just wondering about how that conversation happens as well yeah interesting. that and that changed over time also because mm. of course in the beginning I didn't know what I was doing mm. I was just making portraits yeah. um so basically um I wouldn't make two because for so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, I would get everybody's email and send them a JPEG. Cool. So that's how so you kind of everyone, Yeah. Everyone has a digital copy of yeah. their portrait. Um, over time, um, over time, I've offered to make prints for the, I used to, well, I used to give them high and low res. And then I decided to just give low res because um, as I recognized that I was kind of, I was taking it all much more seriously and I knew that I had a plan. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't want like a bad print to get out. Yeah. You know, so I offer a, a greatly reduced print to anyone who I photograph. Um, right. And then so that's lovely because mm. they're still part of the process then they still get to see how it works you keep the original so that that is basically your work but they still get to be involved and to engage in that and to have their own version of it afterwards yeah yeah seems like a, yeah yeah like a lovely approach actually yeah yeah and like over time too I've I've actually learned from um skaters who I photographed because they're way more hip than I am in terms of social media um, because their, their whole, like so much of their existence exists on social media, mm. Instagram, YouTube, um, yeah. and whatever else there is. I don't know the other ones because I'm old, um, older, uh, but like they, I have learned from them how to hashtag, how to at, you know, people and stuff like that. So now, um, now what I do, I mean, I get their name. I get, I get, a, I get actually get a model release now. I didn't mm-hmm. start doing yeah. that, yeah. but I get a model release. And on that form is their name, their address, if they want to give it to me, their cell phone, their email, their um, Instagram tag, anything like that, any notes they want me to know about. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them, um, you know, that when I do eventually send them their digital file, I tell them about the process. I just remind them what it is. And then I, you know, just say, you know, if you're going to share it, please tag me and blah, 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 blah. And I'll do the same. So, yeah. um, and everybody's super stoked on that. They're mm. very happy. And it's, um, it's funny, isn't it? Like, like you was just saying, you know, they live in their whole, not their whole lives, but a good portion of their lives through social media and through that medium. And it's a it's a really interesting juxtaposition, isn't it? I suppose again, probably horrible yeah. word, but between the process that's uh, you know 160 years old that you're using and the fact that the majority of the case these are going to end up on Instagram, you know, yeah. like yeah. as as a kind of um, way of them being like, ah, this was an experience that we had at the park, you know, skate park today. So yeah, it's it's just really cool, like how we have both aspects of that now I think yeah and how they can yeah. meet in the middle and yeah and so this was kind of like your first foray into the skate park uh, kind of like world I guess and then from that 
it's kind of developed over time. Ha, huh? sorry, excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> into into obviously something else that has then become more of a focus on female skaters or um, female identifying skaters. And and I was just curious as to how that kind of ended right. up happening as yeah. well. So I, well, as I progress through the work, um, I also recognize that there was, this was a culture I wasn't aware of, but it was really very rich. There was so much going on. And so I, I really enjoyed just going and hanging out and observing and stuff like that. Um, I didn't see a lot of girl skaters. Um, I would literally ask anyone who I could like make eye contact or seemed approachable man or woman. It didn't matter. Um, but like, strangely enough, um, I discovered that like the few girl skaters I did find were not necessarily easier to walk up to. Um, and I, and in the, in my head, I was thinking, I'm a girl, they're a girl aren't they gonna, aren't we gonna like have this like in <laughs> <laughs> connection? Um, but what I've kind of learned is that just because of the, his, the history of the, 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 the environment and the landscape, um, most likely it was because they thought I was there for the guys because so much of it, the attention was mm -hmm. always on the guy skaters. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I did over time, you know, I, when I did see girl skaters, I would really try hard to get them because I, there weren't as many. And I really wanted to have, um, I, I wanted to be able to document everyone who was there as, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so towards the end of the deadline for my skater book, um, which was in like January of 2017, mm -hmm. um, I was shooting near my house in um, Emeryville. Um, it's like 15 minutes south of Berkeley. Um, I mean, it's, it's right next door to Berkeley. Um, there was this gaggle of girls that showed up and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And this was like a really shitty day. This was like, I was almost at the point of packing my stuff back up and going home. I was having such a bad day. Mm. Um, and I saw the girls and I couldn't get their attention. And I was like, I'm going to just go home. I can't fucking do anything. Sorry. I swear to, um, bleep. um, and then I was like, Jenny, it was one of those things where you talk to yourself and you like, I reprimanded myself so harshly. And I got my book, my dummy book, and I marched across the skate park to where they were, which I never do, or very rarely would I go into the skate park to like, I kind of kept to myself. Um, and I approached them and they were like super into it. And so I photographed them. They told me about this organization called Skate Like a Girl that I didn't know about. And I was like, what? what <laughs> there are organizations just like to um to bring up the girl skaters like to make a safe space for them like i didn't even i learned all this new vocabulary you know in a lot you know once i started going down that road so anyway i went to an event um some in the next couple of weeks but actually that day i knew i was like okay hmm 
when I'm done with this book, I am only going to photograph girl skaters. Mm -hmm. I knew it that quickly. I was like, that's my next thing. Mm -hmm. So get this stuff done for this book and then move on. And, um, and that's, so that's how it happened. That was the shift. And, yeah. um, and so it changed for the girls because one, I started shooting eight by 10. So I knew I really needed to scramble yeah. and get, um, figure out how to make a, a dark room tent that could accommodate me mm -hmm. and all that, that increases with size. I mean, it's four times as much of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just was, you know, I, I got to buy more beakers because I <laughs> more trays, more beakers. Yeah, <laughs> that was the real reason, wasn't it, Jenny? All along, you were like, I just want big beakers. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go for. I'm just gonna say, yeah, we're gonna do eight by ten because. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, actually, was was there another reason that you you decided to change format quite dramatically from four by five, obviously, to ten by eight? Is it is a big jump, you know? And yeah, it's a big jump. Yeah. Um, what what was it that that kind of like made that decision for you, or or why did you kind of like decide? Um, yeah. Well, I think maybe you've experienced that. Do you shoot eight by ten? No, know. no smaller. No. Yeah, four by fives. Four by five. Yeah. I think I just um, I was thinking about it just a little bit. And then a friend of mine forwarded me an email from his photography teacher who was uh, retiring and selling a bunch of equipment. So ah, I so this is what happens. And then you end up down this rabbit hole, don't you? Of like, well, it would be stupid to get past that opportunity up. <laughs> yeah, really he cool. had this camera, this eight by 10, this, um, it was a land number three or whatever. And, um, and I emailed him and asked how much it was. And he told me, and then a few days later, he said, are you interested? Cause someone else is interested. And I said, um, and he had all this gobbledygook technical uh, words. And I said, I really don't know what any of that means. Can you just send me a picture? <laughs> <laughs> Been there. And that was all. He sent yeah, me a picture. Exactly. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was going to do. I just was like, I have to buy this camera. And then I ended up buying the camera with the lens. Beautiful. I mean, it's a modern lens, but um, I've since bought an older lens to put on it. Um, all these film holders that were full of film, plus um, a, a, a box of, you know, half half the box you know basically a box of eight by ten film cool. and then i also ended up buying from him lights so that i could make platinum palladium stuff like i just bought all this <laughs> so i mean it is it is funny though isn't it like how sometimes just these but just the way that things work out like he they happen to be retiring your friend forwarded you e the email but it's like yeah this is ha this is happening now this has got to happen because I'm going to regret it if I don't buy this yeah. stuff you know, and, and, and you've got it and you're like, okay, well now I'll make it work, I guess. Now I'll make <laughs> it know? work on my teeny tiny tripod that can't really hold it. So now I have to buy a giant tripod <laughs> that costs as much as the camera. 
Oh, well. everything else yeah it, well that's the thing isn't it you um and obviously you need more chemistry everything else goes up you know uh, as well but um it sounds like a beautiful camera though that that sounds really wonderful so yeah so cool so um so that's kind of how so really with that the kit came first as as the decision made for you i'm gonna go yeah. with larger larger format yeah um but th there is a a big difference in terms of like how these pieces feel physically to hold and to look at i guess i i can imagine <laughs> um yeah. from making that 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 leap um do you still shoot four by five or are you like nah eight by ten's my bag now <laughs> oh yeah no i totally do and i bought a new camera a new four by five a chamonix um that is i mean this guy this guy, I've had it repaired uh, several times. I love this camera, it but it's heavy. Mm. I mean, it is compact. It closes in, so it's just as big as this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's heavy, and um, I don't know. I just I, wa I wanted another camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Jenny. We've all been there. <laughs> as um, much as we're like, well, it's not really about the cameras it's about the process sometimes it's about the cameras right <laughs> but i mean the new camera is much easier to use and it's lighter so in many respects like you know you have to start somewhere right mm -hmm. um i mean i remember years ago people would say what i want to um i want to buy my first camera what should i get and you were like eight by ten wet plate <laughs> well this was even before i did wet plate but i was like just get a holga like don't get you need to just take pictures. Got to try stuff okay. out, figure it out. Mm. You know, yeah. before before you can say, oh, I'm oh, I'm really gonna love a TLR. You don't know until you've you know tried a Holger and you've tried an SLR and you've tried a rangefinder and all you know whether that's gonna work for you and how yeah. you see the world. I guess mm. right. So yeah, like um, get a point and shoot. Like I yeah. don't care what you get, but don't spend a lot of time thinking about it and don't spend a lot yeah. of money. Just get a yeah. camera and shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, box, make a pinhole camera. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did mean to ask because I will forget if I don't ask you now. But um, in terms of focal length, you talked about the lenses. Obviously, your eight by ten came with one. I was just curious as to what you to what you tend to shoot with. <laughs> That's where the technical stuff. You know, I, I, it's I, fine I, if you I, don't. I think it's a one fifty or something. I'm not sure. I. It's, that's fine. I uh, the only reason I ask is because um, I've got my four by five and I have like a ninety mil. So I was just wondering where you know, uh, kind of like yeah. on the scale where where it would sit. I am um, well. I can show you. Actually, this is funny. Okay, so this is this is my. Um, it's a Daroji. Beautiful. Um, and it's this lovely, this lens board is awesome. This is what I use on my Chamonix. That's mm. really cool. Um, and there's no shutter. Yeah. So I just, I made my lens cap out of gaffer tape and Yay. black board. So. Awesome. Because one of my old lenses on my wet plate camera um, looks kind of like that. I have no idea what focal length it is. It's just that's that's what it fits <laughs> on the yeah. phone. So you know, <laughs> and it's cares? funny. I know, like you're supposed to measure this and this and this. It's like I yeah. don't know. It works. 
if it if it looks right in the frame, that's the main thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. Um, you know, I mean, I met you through um, the guys at Large Format, mm. um, and uh, and then I hooked them up. I was like, you guys should talk with this guy Eric Mavi, who is a friend of mine, also part of the community here, who makes his own lenses with dollar oh. bills. Mm -hmm. so uh. That's and cool. this is a piece of cardboard as my lens board. Um, anyway, now he is a co-host of that show. I don't That's know. That's amazing. I didn't like, know that. What? <laughs> That's so bad. With, yeah. with Simon. With Simon. And, and, and Andrew. And, oh. and Andrew. Yeah. So now it's the three of them. That's amazing. Well, they, there you go. There you go. It's Isn't it funny how, like, our lives can end up intersecting through the, the strangest kind of, like, ways? totally um, yeah but yeah. yeah it's so lovely that um i i randomly met simon uh, originally um when we were working on a heritage project in the midlands um and i was working at the university at the time um and um i'd just bought my first new old film camera um and uh, and, and we were basically opening up rooms in this gorgeous old pottery that hadn't been opened for a hundred years or whatever and dust was coming out and all the old like um molds for the pottery you know for the pieces of ceramics and things and I was like I've got to shoot this and it's got to be on film because it's just so beautiful all this wow. dust and all the old the old um uh kind of like furniture and you know all of that kind of thing so that was that was actually my sort of like first exhibition was from um from the images that I took there but bizarrely Simon was managing that um oh, at, at, and so yeah that was how we ended up meeting and then he was like huh that's an old film camera and I was like yeah it is la, la, la. just talked about that and um and then he was like oh I've got I've got some cameras I should get an old film camera as well yeah. and so that's how that that began which is very oh, very weird fun. yeah how it's yeah. uh yeah and now and now obviously your your friend uh jenny is uh started working with them co-hosting fantastic <laughs> so it's so weird a global community you know it really is isn't it it, it is it's very Absolutely. cool yeah um so let's get back to your amazing work in your book and your girl skaters okay so um you uh were telling us about the fact that you had that moment and went right this is what i'll want to do this yeah. is this is the, the next venture yeah. you know for yeah. me um yeah you'd already uh, produced a book hadn't you with daylight is that right the publisher i was yeah. i mean in literally at that time i was finishing up sending like finishing up shooting for that book because mm. 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 in my mind that was my one book mm. okay that was it mm. um and actually where i do have <laughs> here it is in a copy <laughs> <laughs> i do i have here's both of here's both of them i think you mentioned about having a dummy copy right to take oh, over okay. and show them yeah they're absolutely oh, yeah I, yeah i made a dummy copy with that's a really good idea yeah because it was a great way to um be able to show people mm. yeah um the work in, you know in, like in this is yeah Easy. Yeah, yeah, and they'd be like, "I know that dude," or "That's so <laughs> cool. I want to be in your book." Yeah, <laughs> Jenny, awesome. could you just lift the lift um, each book up one by one so I can have a look at yeah, the covers? Yeah, yeah. 
for listeners. So this is the skaters, the yellow. I love I love the um the graphics as well. Yes. yes. Oh, How many great. images in that one? That book? So uh, about seventy. Seventy. So let's see if I can do this at all. <laughs> um, Jenny's just opening the book here. <laughs> so that's that and then it opens with um oh the writers for skaters yeah i love the the essay fantastic opens with a double spread of this yeah Yeah. this one jenny does it have a a slight tear in the um in the collodion yeah yes yeah, I, I saw that on your on your gallery and I was like, oh, yes, this is like what happened to one of my plates when I was when I was doing mine. And because it's it's so soft and it just caught it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So we can see these images as well on your gallery on your website, can't we? Jenny website. Sampson. Yes, yes. And it's under skaters. And I mean, it's all skaters. There are girls in here. Yes. There's just not as Mixed. many. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, I think then, you can still buy that one from your shop, but the other one I think is sold out, right? You guys did your homework, yeah. Of course. So this one <laughs> I still have. I still have this. Mm-hmm. Um, directly, you can buy it directly from me, um, and then I can find it. But it's also available elsewhere, either through Daylight or I really like to push people to, if they're interested, to go to their local bookstores, independent mm-hmm. bookstores. Yeah. And not that big one that rules the roost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to support your local bookstores. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have it, they can order it in. Um, See the cover of Skater Girls on the video? Skater oh, Girls okay. is here. Yeah. And um, I did just sell my last one. My purse, the ones that I have, because I have a bunch of them. Mm. With Daylight, I get a certain amount that I can sell. Um, and I don't have any more of this, but Daylight has them, and again, bookstores have them and stuff like that. Um, Congratulations on selling the end of those of your stock. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, I I couldn't believe it. It was so great. But I, I also I don't know if you saw. Um, I have a limited edition of both books in a handmade book sleeve that yes. has a title plate, a tin type, in inlaid tin type title plate. I didn't realize it was tin type. I mean, that's just brilliant and perfect, yeah. isn't it? Do you make yeah. those? Or, or I made the tin some... type. So yeah, cool. I made the tin type plate. And then a, a good friend of mine is just an incredible bookmaker. Mm. And she and I worked together on making that, I mean, mm. on designing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, she hand makes them. That's fabulous. So you can get like the the both set and you get a print with that, I think. You can also get a pigment, a pigment print. Um, um, I'm probably going to have, like, I haven't, I'm probably going to have, or I, I have three different images that all randomly put. So it's kind of a surprise which print you would get. Oh. And the print would be slightly, this is seven by nine. Um, the book, the tickets yes. are eight by 10. Mm. So, the, so it's actually slight, the print will be slightly smaller than the original plate. Mm. That's fabulous, though. How how awesome that you've got both of these now. And um, I'm also curious because I know quite a lot of our listeners um, make zines, uh, do quite a lot of their own sort of like mini bits of publishing, if you like. Yeah. But don't always go as far as obviously creating a book like like yourself. Right. But, um, I think people would be interested to know how that relationships works, like how that came about. Did you approach the publisher? How did you get 
to the point where you were like, I've got this incredible project and I think this would be a great idea. Or did they come to you? How how did that happen, Jenny, in the first place? um, They came to me. However, um, um, we had met a few years previous to them coming to me. Um, I... Since 2003, I've been participating in portfolio review events. You guys have some in the UK, I know. I think, isn't there one called Rhubarb Rhubarb? Oh, I don't know. Have you come across it, Claire? It's not something I've heard of. No. So it's a portfolio Um, review event. Yeah, so um, they're for photographers, and um, they have actually gotten more and more expensive over the years, but... I used to go every other year or every year. It depends. I've been to them in Portland, in New Orleans, here in San Francisco. Um, but they like a big one called Photo Fest is in Houston. Mm. Uh, they're often every other year or every year or alternating years. It kind of depends. And there, there's some in England. Um, there's uh, one or two in France. Um, they're all over. But what they are are you you go with. Um, one or two or three bodies of work. Um, And there are reviewers who are professionals in the industry, whether they're curators, writers, educators, um, gallery owners, whatever. And you um, get 20 minutes one-on-one with that person. And, you know, you would bring different bodies of work depending on who you're seeing. um, And you decide who you want to see based on what you want to do with your work. So um, I started going and um, uh, I, in 2012, I was the first time I showed my skater work. I began the skater work in 2010. So in 2012, I started showing it and there was um, definite, there were, there were people who were like, when you're done, let's talk about a book. Like a lot of people were like, oh, this seems like it would be a really good book. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had brought it not really knowing anything, but I was like, this is my new work. Mm-hmm. I want to get a feel. So um, I had met um, Michael Itkoff from Daylight in New Orleans at Photo Nola. And then three months later, I met his co-founder, um, Taj, um, what's his last name? Taj Borer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael is my contact. So, <laughs> and um, they they both really liked the work, but whatever. That was 2012, 2013. And then jump ahead. Um, it was about June of 2016. And I got an email out of the blue <laughs> from Mike. And um, we kind of went back and forth for a while. And then um, I signed on the dotted line. <laughs> That's amazing. And gosh, it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, you, you never know when that email or that relationship or that conversation or that contact is is going to kind of like come back into your life later down the line. I think it's a really, um, really good lesson in, you know, there's you might as well talk to as many people as possible, speak about your work, get it out there, because even if it's not right at that point in time, it could be three, yeah. four, five years down the line, whatever, couldn't it? You know, and it's yeah, like, you know, oh, this feels like the right moment. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, like, when you meet all these people, you really, um, you build a network and friendships, mm-hmm. which is really great. Um, 
and you know you keep in touch with people and and also you know i started i mean i continued submitting work to calls for you know yeah. calls for exhibition mm -hmm. um so you need to be active you know can't it's wait for it to so. just come to you you just have to keep yeah. on putting it there did you say it's yeah. hard though it's so hard. I mean, there have been times where I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to submit anything. Like I'm not interested. Like it's, it's expensive, you know, mm -hmm. over time it's expensive. It can really add up. Um, and, um, and you know, you, you pick and choose, you look to see who's showing, you know, what the exhibition space is, who's the juror. Um, maybe you've met them and they've seen your work and they liked it. Or maybe you met with them, they looked at your work and they were kind of, eh, and so you're not going to submit to that one. You know, like you have to pick and choose, I guess. Pick, <laughs> pick and choose the ones that make sense. Yeah. But as you know, it's, it's hard because, yeah, you know, sometimes you don't get into shows and then you see the work that's picked and you're like, why didn't I get in? Mm. Or... Or you're in a show and you're like, um, you, you're really ha like, you can't believe that you're showing with these other people. Like, mm -hmm. it's a crapshoot. You never really know. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the, it is one of the harder lessons to learn as a photographer because be, I, I guess because like for us or certainly for myself, you know, you work so personal, right? It's, you put yeah. a lot yourself into creating something and then that can end up feeling like the the rejections are more personal than they actually are like most of the time it's just not quite the right thing for that particular you know shoot or sorry for that particular exhibition or that gallery or whatever there could be yeah. a million reasons why not but it can end up feeling quite personal and I think I I'd um, floated the idea um you know maybe a year or so ago couple of years ago now um in my facebook uh, group which is awesome female photographers mm -hmm. um which was around the idea of uh, an exhibition called rejected because it was like all yeah. of the so many women who i know have created such incredible work but have been rejected for whatever reason you know and it just really got to them so it's like what's your best piece of like rejected work and let's try and make an exhibition of that you know or make that into some kind of like collection yes. it's like rejected because dot 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 you know and it's like what what were the reasons why this wasn't worth it or wasn't didn't feel valuable enough or whatever you know and and when you look at it collectively you can kind of go well that's ridiculous because this is bloody incredible you know but at the time it doesn't always feel like that you know and I just thought it would be a nice way of still getting to show these things and yeah. it's, it's another one of those like ideas it's on the back burner at the moment you know I will mm -hmm. we all yeah, hope yeah. Get at some point but yeah well, we've I, all been and, there haven't we you know and I've also learned oh Sorry, go oh, ahead. Sorry. It's a similar thing, isn't it? You know, the Taylor Westing Portrait Prize. Mm -hmm. There's an alternative version, isn't it? That someone does an exhibition ah. for all the people that entered, but they got rejected. That's mm -hmm. qualified automatically to go in the, the, the alternative exhibition. Um, and it's That's cool. really, you know, the standard, like you say. It's so That's many different factors come into play, isn't that? Isn't there yeah. as who gets in and who, who doesn't? And 
I think, yeah. Because you, you, you've exhibited a lot, Claire, as well, you know. Yeah, you but must... I did loads as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, it is, some, I think it depends where you are, isn't it, on what's going on for you. Sometimes you, you can take, because, you know, rejection does hurt, but you, I think you have to keep going, don't you? Um, yeah, you do. And, you know, from talking to No, sometimes you just feel like you you can go through like a kind of a a, a sort of a golden period, if you like, or (laughs) if that's such, maybe not quite. A fallow period. Yeah. And then, (laughs) or a a nice hot summer. And then, you know, you hit like a really cold winter and you think you're not doing, nothing's getting accepted anywhere and Mm. you lose your motivation. But if you can find somehow, I think, to keep going. Mm. Uh, yeah and I I what I've noticed too is like um you know you have a piece of work that um is really strong it gets in here it gets mm. in somewhere else and it's like you really love other work and you try to get that in and it, and so it's like the same stuff is getting seen it's like mm. other good work that is <laughs> and I'm not speaking like I'm speaking a little bit of me, but also of other people. Mm. I noticed this across the board. It's like, and maybe it's just because I follow, you know, Mm. when you're looking at the same or you're, you're part of the same circle, you see the same work everywhere. But of course it is being seen by a new audience every time, Mm. but it it is funny. It's like, I don't want to submit this again, Mm. but maybe I should because it seems to be winning. And then yeah. what are you doing it for? Are you doing it like, cause you want, like you want to be able to show work and you want to share it and have people see it. But if it's not getting chosen, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like that whole idea of you can do um, a shoot, for, let's say for example, weddings, right. And I give a whole gallery at the end and I'm like, the, these 10 are just like my f- absolute favorite images from yeah. that day. And then they'll pick, a completely different turn, you know. Yes. And I'm like, really, yeah. really, you chose it. I mean, like, I would never give them anything that I felt was bad. Obviously, you know, right. but I don't know. It's like those, f- from my perspective as a photographer, I'm like, those are not the stronger images. These are the stronger Im- images, you know. And the, the others are kind of like uh, help tell the story or fill in the gaps or mm-hmm. what have you, you know, to make it into more of a whole. But they're not the standalone yes images, you know. But then, and of it, course, they're the subject. Of yeah. the work and they're seeing it so yeah. differently exactly it's it's <laughs> such a strange thing I don't I don't think there's any formula for like figuring mm-hmm. that out it's just mm-hmm. you know um what one of the wonders of being a photographer I guess you know and that whole experience but uh yeah we're, it's odd mm-hmm. definitely there's been been times where I'm like that's the one you chose <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh, and a, another thing I've heard too like in terms of submitting work to to calls for work is if the juror, um, like if they're looking at work when they are not in a good mood or they're tired or whatever, it will absolutely affect mm. what they choose. And I mean, they're human as well, right? They're human. Mm. And so sometimes, like I have heard some of them say, I don't know why I didn't pick that one you know on a different day maybe yeah it's really so we're human and it's all so personal and you know we spend a lot Mm. of time and money on this stuff and um Mm. 
it's make sure that they see your work just after they've had a nice big lunch you know but they're not too (laughs) sleepy (laughs) that that's the sweet spot i reckon that's that's when you need Um, please open yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> after after lunch oh and send a cake too because that's gonna happen <laughs> always i think um so um i think oh gosh we, we've kept you quite a long time already jenny i don't want to take up too much of your day oh. i'm sorry um but I, I was just thinking it really does doesn't it it's been mm. so lovely to chat with you and find out about about this and um in terms of exhibitions just just one quick little thing because i know that um you did still hold your exhibition in the skate park or, or you had your books, you took them down there. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause I just think you were kind of like, yeah, this is gonna happen, whatever. <laughs> Let's do this. Which I yeah, I did. I had a book launch in October for mm. uh, for the Skater Girls. That was 2020, uh, so in the middle of the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, Just last October. And yeah. I didn't have it at a skate park cause actually a lot of skate parks are closed. I really didn't want to, um, I didn't want to encourage crowds. I didn't want, um, like, I, I don't know. I, I've had, um, maybe I'm oversensitive about it, but like, um, there, there's, I would love to have an exhibition at a skate park. I think big, like vinyl prints mm. of the portraits, like tied to chain link fence would be super cool. But for the book launch, um, a friend of mine has a flower farm that is um, in West Oakland, which is in a, it's it's an urban, very urban area, but it was outdoors mm-hmm. and um, I was able, and I had some really big four by five foot prints made mm-hmm. that I, um, and then another friend of mine made wood panels for me. I mean, it was I, I reached far and wide, like, how can I make this work, you know? And so I had five giant prints that I leaned up on the fences outside. I varnished them so they were protected from the elements. And then I just, I had a three-day long book launch so that it could be spread out. Mm-hmm. And um, I sold a bunch of books. It was really great. I mean, uh, yeah, I I... It was wonderful. I mean, to have to do something like that during the pandemic when nobody's supposed to be gathering. Um, I I knew there was a way to do it safely, mm. and um, yeah. I think it did. you got creative around it, and you were able to to make it happen. I just think that's just brilliant. Mm. And um, yeah, in terms of uh, where you go from here, like what's what's next for Jenny Sampson, and and yeah. you know your uh, next. <laughs> body of work or or next book or? I uh, I'm not thinking about a book right now I have to say it is so stressful <laughs> <laughs> making, making book. a book <laughs> it's so stressful when I sent I mean when I sent the last um bits to my designer I was like oh I'm never doing this again oh <laughs> I never want to look at them again and then like book launch time, like all that was very stressful too. I mean, in hindsight, it's not as bad, but in the moment it's like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's so hard. Um, uh, you start, I don't know. And, and also like, because I was putting it together during the quarantine, I, and, and like those deadlines were, um, 
were when people were really stressed out. Like we didn't know what was happening. And um, I knew that I needed input, but it was really hard to get the right input. So it just was like, yeah, it was, it was hard, but I'm so happy with it. Um, and it looks great. So, um, but anyway, what's next? I don't know. I, I do want to photograph some more skaters. Um, I'm, um, I've got a couple uh, shows coming up over the next couple of years mm. um, and hoping to do more with that. Um, Have you got and, any specifics on those that you want to let yeah, us know? Or let um, yeah, there's going to be a show in Canada. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly where um, I'm spacing on the town. That's um, okay. You can anyway. you can send it to us afterwards if you like, Jenny. Oh, okay, and we, yeah. can, we can um, try and so add that, it to show notes. That one will be great. <laughs> I think that one is an exact. Well, it's exactly two years from now, 2023. Amazing. Everything pushed back. So, but it'll be up for two months there, and then um, I'll be in a show in Southern California. Mm -hmm. um, it was supposed to be right now, um, and it is now a year from now. Okay. So, um, and then, um, yeah, we'll see. So shows and exhibitions are kind of like the next thing that you're thinking, got this work that, will it, will it be the skater work or some of your other work? Skater or, work, girl yeah. skaters. Yeah, the girl skaters. And I mean, I, I've been constantly trying to find exhibition space for it. It's, it's mm. hard, mm. you know, it's competitive out there and it's, uh, you try and try, mm. you yeah. keep trying, you know, and, and it's always a year out, two years yeah. out. Yeah. And and also, obviously, everything's a year or two behind now because they've been exactly. shut. And there's that. So, there's yeah. that. Too. So, yeah. Um, and then in, I'm, I'm also, I've actually been working on um, collage, like multimedia collage Ooh. type stuff using, using, um, photographic prints of mine and other things. Um, and um, yeah, just playing around with all sorts of stuff. I'm shooting more film again. Um, and I have actually, I'm, I'm in a, uh, I'm actually about to go pick up a print cause I couldn't print it, but um, I got speaking of like the crap shoot of getting into a show. I did get into a show with a, with a silver gelatin print, which I was so excited about because <laughs> um sometimes you know how it is if you change things up people are like no i just want your skaters i just want this yeah. but this black and white 35 millimeter which i only started shooting 35 millimeter two years ago after having not for like 30 years um <clears throat> so yeah just yeah that. so exhibitions and uh yeah galleries and things for the next couple of years are going to be where your your focus is at do you think you'll still be going out with your eight by ten and and she taking more plates during that yeah, definitely mm -hmm. i yeah i um and unfortunately we're starting to get good weather and i really hate shooting in the heat <laughs> um but i'm not i'm not and i actually i get my second vaccine next week so mm -hmm. in three weeks no sorry what is it one week in in one month I will be fully vaccinated. Superwoman. <laughs> so um, that'll be great. And then um, I I may try to do 
some more some more skaters but i do want to um I have some other things floating around in my head. But. Fantastic. Well, that's great, Jenny, because, you know, it gives us an excuse to have another conversation in, in a little oh, while and find out what, what your other secret ideas might be for, <laughs> for the future. That's awesome. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for today, for spending the time with us, having the conversation. Oh, I hope the recording has worked. We'll, we'll, obviously, I'll press stop in a minute and uh, just fingers crossed it all goes to the drive. Like so. <laughs> yeah. um, just before we finish up, um, could you just let our listeners know uh, where where to go to see your work, um, oh. whether that's your website, your Instagram, any other ways that you, you'd like people to get in touch with you or to, to you know, have a look at what you do? Sure. Thank you for that, too. Um, so on Instagram, I'm Jenny Sampson Photography. Um, so that one's easy. Um, I have another Instagram. It's Jenny Ruth 22 and it is private, but I'll let you in. And it's mainly iPhone photography, but I've been doing a, an iPhone series, um, a shelter in place series called sip walks. Mm. Uh, and that has, um, and actually you can see them on my, on Facebook. I mean, I think I'm accessible on Facebook. So yeah, those two. And then my website, Jenny Sampson or Jenny Sampson.com. So those, those places are where you can find me. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And yeah. is there anybody, um, is there anybody that comes to mind or anybody that you were like, Oh yes, these are somebody who I'd like to point you towards. Is there anybody else, um, you know, in terms of work and things or inspirations or anything like that? Don't worry. Um, not. It's fine. For you guys. <laughs> Yeah, just um, it's always nice to know like uh, who else is around in your sphere or who else's work you like, you know, it's always good to know, I think. Yeah, well, this is actually a little bit of self-promo, but also not. Um, but I, um, I am part of uh, a collective that was born during the quarantine called Rolls and Tubes. I was like, was this tubes and rolls? Rolls and tubes. Okay. Rolls, rolls and tubes. tubes. And yes. it's four, four of us women um, mm -hmm. who came together and you can follow us on at rolls and tubes mm -hmm. or rolls underscore and underscore mm -hmm. tubes. Um, and um, there's, there's four of us where we all live nearby and we were a critique group. And um, at quarantine, we kind of turned to zoom and it quickly, immediately, as in immediately, turned into this collaboration of remaking um, historical or contemporary photographs, incorporating toilet paper in some way or another, because there was that crazy, crazy shortage of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And we continued for many months last year, and um, it's just been really wonderful and um, a really fantastic um, group of women um, and something like something born out of the quarantine that I never would have expected. Mm -hmm. I have three new really good friends um, and we are all photographers practicing very different mediums. Um, and anyway, um, so um that that one but also within there colleen mullins christy mcdonald and nicole white are all just really fantastic photographers and um uh could be 
possible um, possible uh, interviewees. Mm. Do, do, do they all work with analog processes as well or is it kind of a variety actually you know what i think that so colleen used to and and doesn't much anymore but she has an incredible series that i love mm. uh, called um i think it's from the floating world she used to go on cruises with her mother mm -hmm. um and she made um many like a, a series um with her holga and those are just fantastic. Um, and then currently, I think it's a mix now of mm -hmm. um, digital and analog. Um, same with Nicole. She does a little bit more film. Um, she mm -hmm. shoots color, black and white, large format, medium format. Um, and then I think Christy might just be digital. Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds like a great mix, and absolutely, um, we can go and find them on uh, rolls and tubes. Yeah, and you can between get words. links to all of their individual yeah. if you're interested. But um, in terms of girl power, you know, um, it's really nice to um, have these groups. Um, but um, yeah, I've completely distracted myself from anything else. But um, that sounds great. Thank you very much, Jenny. That's that's all super helpful. And um, yeah, I'm sure that um, some of our listeners will be able to go and have a little look, check out their work as well. And uh, and obviously, hopefully go to your website, Jenny, see the rest of the, your wonderful gallery, because there's so much work on there that we haven't had chance to talk about. Um, because uh, we'd be here till next week, probably the amount of <laughs> fantastic um, work that you've created. I also um, just want to mention how lovely the kind of like essays are that you put underneath the galleries that give you that bit of background information to those particular projects or those bodies of work that you've created. Because Thank you. I think that's really lovely the way that you give them some insight into how those have come about. So um, I would encourage everybody to go and have a little read. Obviously, have a look at the work, I, but I really also have appreciate a read. that. I really yeah. do because writing is really hard. I know. Do you know? I was reading those, and I was just thinking, these are so beautifully written, and I bet it took you hours to like get it to the right, the right thing. That's not about you. That's just me thinking. God, this would take me days to try and write. It really means so much to <laughs> you. I appreciate. It. You're very welcome. It's it's beautifully put, and um, yeah, and really insightful, which um, I think quite often as photographers, we kind of go, oh, our work will speak for itself. But for me, there's something really lovely about finding out that background to it and the story behind it and the reasons why, um, which is, uh, which makes it, which just gives it another level, gives it another kind of like dimension. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and likewise for like the essays and stuff that are in the books, like, mm. um, I mean, the, they're both really great. The one about, you know, girls is much more, um, you know, it has the essays have much more to do with girls and skateboarding. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of more sociological and um, the essays in here are more kind of poetic mm. and beautiful. Um, so I encourage like it's also, you know, the writers that 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 authors have phot photographers being the authors the writers, you know, uh, their pieces are often, you know, they do the same thing, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, also another reason why making a book is so stressful. <laughs>
<laughs> when you're bringing other people into the into the process you know it's uh can make well, it more difficult right <laughs> people all right and blah 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 yeah waiting for the back and forth as well i imagine is yeah. there anything else claire that um we've no, not covered that think, you wanted to ask Jenny no, about? no i think nothing no nothing Jenny. fantastic well, um, we look forward to uh, to seeing what's next and yeah. um, and hearing about those those upcoming ideas and your exhibitions and your books. Oh my goodness, there's so much. Um, so yeah, we'll be keeping an eye, obviously, on your Instagram and on your website, and um, hopefully, you'll keep in touch with us too. Yeah, absolutely, and I'll be I'll be looking you, up. Claire. I don't know anything <laughs> about you, so I'm excited to look look up your. You'll look at Claire's way, work, Jenny. <laughs> You'll look at Claire's work and be like, "She's definitely in California." Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and oh she's actually God. just on the Welsh coast. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I can't really wait. want to come out to California. I really do. Oh well, you're welcome. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a room. <laughs> oh. Fantastic. Thank Let's you, all um, hope for that sooner rather than later. Then, um, yes. Imagine when we can do that again. Yes. Looking forward. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again so much, both of you. I really appreciate.